his behavior has been atrocious. And yes, I understand it's part of it is humanizing him. And growth also means that not everybody's going to come with you in that growth spot. However, when you're still in a committed ass relationship, there's still spaces where you need to be considerate of your partner. And for you to think that you're going to tell her exactly what she needs to do and say, if you don't do this, then this family's not going to work out. (laughs) You're chopped. You got to (laughs) go. Like you're bugging. Welcome to This Is We, the after show, the after party, the This Is Us after party. I fumbled that mad, but welcome to This Is We, This Is Us after party, after show, the unofficial but official, official but unofficial one. Um, my name is Alex Holmes, and I'm one of the hosts today, and I'm joined by... Marquise Davon of the Rational Anger Podcast, where we aim to bridge academia in the hood. Boom. Eden McKenzie from Don't Let the Stands, a music and culture podcast with a marked focus on stand culture. And that's it, because nobody else is joking. I'm back. I am, yeah, I know. Like, what do you mean that's it? Don't make, do you know, don't, don't make the listeners weep. You know what that reminded me of? Do you know in um, Lion King 2, when um, what's his name gets um, discarded from Simba's, um, what's it called? Pride. And they sing that song. Redemption. Yeah, that's it. That it's one. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you know what? The fact that you guys watch Lion King 2 sweeps me because I thought I was the only one that pays attention to Lion King 2 what? and Lion King 3. No, because nah, some man. people... Are Wait, Lion King that. 3. Let's, let's, yeah, let's not do that. Wait, no, no but Lion King 3 is good. <laughs> Wait, Toby, all. come on. You're almost there. Well, let's not. No. It's almost like this is us. Different perspectives of the same what? event. Got... Yes. That's before, Toby. Who are you? <laughs> bring, bring, bring yourself yes, back. I, I'm a member of the house. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. No, no, no. I, I'm supposed to bring back order because while I was away for two weeks, two episodes, you guys were misbehaving. I was listening in and I was shouting. I was like, hello, order you, in the house. But you yes, guys. Alex. Okay, when I say you guys, I actually meant Alex. Um, okay, yeah, thank you. I'm actually a very good, very good yeah. soul. I'm very Alex that, said. People, but when people draw me out, that's okay that's just an excuse but anyway yes it's toby rachel also the host of the yellow cup podcast and yes i am back while i'm here and i have the mic i want i want to quickly say um a huge thank you to you guys honestly so you guys as in the three men who are right in front of my screen right now first of all i'm so blessed to be in a podcast with three emotionally healthy emotionally intelligent ever-growing men because yes there are we we all know what what is being said in the streets about male podcasters and it's mostly true second of all out here is not building houses like we're supposed to you know what what have you done we should be out here building houses what's going on like when they talk about male podcasters i don't ever have to worry about you guys and i know it's not you i know i know no one's writing to alonia about you so it's it's all good (laughs) it's all good and second of all shout out to rachel someone who um i bumped into on at a train station somewhere not in london and yeah like she's uh, a listener who approached me first of all thank you for approaching me and speaking to me rather than just staring at me because i feel energy when people just there so for you to like 
she you know she approached me and said how much she loved the pod and I appreciated that she said why and one of the reasons was she loved how we have different opinions but also that she felt it was just she needed that community to go to after watching an intense episode which is something I felt when I was watching episodes and I didn't have you guys to go and talk to in a pod format because I came to you guys in 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 the whatsapp group Mm. and it reminded me of like how this pod started why we started this pod we were like it's for fun but it's because it's necessary for us like we need to unpack all of the things that are happening otherwise it's just going to be bubbling on the surface and I know it's not meant to be that deep but there are so many deep topics and discussions that happen from this is us and if you just let it bubble there's so much untapped potential in even our growth in our lives that we could just be missing out on and the fact that we get to do that record it put it out there and help other people do that I think it's just so necessary so Rachel you sparked that in me so shout out Rachel and shout out to Marquise Alex and Eden I missed you guys okay I'm back we can go back into this I missed you (laughs) it's nice to have fuzzy feelings on this podcast instead of violence and destruction (laughs) and chaos Oh my god! Yeah, thank you, Toby. Really appreciate it. Wow. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Whoa! First and foremost, say what you're gonna say with your chest. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you, Toby. (laughs) Appreciate you. Appreciate you too. Episode of This Is We. (laughs) (laughs) And also shout out Rachel. Imagine if all of our listeners are just called Rachel. Imagine. Oh yeah, because you met a Rachel as well. I met a Rachel as well. Okay, so the Rachel was it the same person? We won't know. We don't know. know. Rachel, make yourself known. Yeah. So, was there there (laughs) one Rachel or two Rachels? And Rachel, if you were the same Rachel, are you planning on bumping into Alex as well? And are you gonna? Are you gonna? (laughs) No, I'm being. I'm being. I'm being honest. He's been. He's been. He's very awkward. So just approach him; he'll be fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll, he'll I'm get a, over it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a bean with you, Rachel. I catch you on the streets, Eden. You already know what it was. Yeah, I catch you in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm gonna run the opposite direction because <laughs> <laughs> it might be if it's all the same Rachel. I, I yeah, if it's, yeah, if it's the same Rachel and you you end up in Philly with Marquise, that oh Rachel yeah, girl, yeah, Rachel. <laughs> Sis, let's have a chat. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we love you, Rachel. We appreciate all the Rachels. Thank so, you yeah. so much. Um, so, have we done the how are we's? We are all good. Um, are I've, we? I've, What's I, I've said how I am, but okay, know. I'm doing well. Eden. <laughs> okay. I'm all right, man. Are you really okay, Alex? Yeah, like are, we, are we ever okay in this ever turning cycle of life when there's war in the east and there's energy rises in the west and there's God, this is what happens when you have emotionally intelligent. Wow, this don't really, ask me. I this really well. turned into spoken word, well. you know. Yeah. Wow. I like the way you did that. That just rolled off the tongue. That was a freestyle. You go. said wars in the in the east. <laughs> And energy prices in the West. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of um, Fresh Prince, cannons to the left of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to left the right. Or, or Michael no. Jr. Open the door. Yeah, close, close the door. door. <laughs> so, so confused. <laughs> no, but it's just one of them things, right? I, I, I refuse to be like... You know what I mean? Like the, when people ask how we are to, in nowadays, right? And we look at everything that's been going on. How how well can we be? Like 
Mm. we're we're as well as we can be do you know what i mean because there's so much happening in the world in my opinion anyway Mm. in my case sorry um so yeah i'm well you know had a long walk this morning um some nice conversations today and the sun is out got my dose of vitamin d it was nice it was all good it was all good um yo okay um pretty much the same for me man i'm i've been off work for the last three weeks now i literally so just let people know i didn't I, this isn't going to make me sound like a workaholic. I'm not. I didn't use any of my holiday for the entire year because every time I tried to book somewhere, it got cancelled because of COVID stuff that was going on. So towards the end of the year, I had 21 days left to use. I used five days oh. for Christmas. So I booked off the basically the entire of March, with the exception of like Tuesday this week. Um, and I've still, still got one day left of holiday. Um so yeah, I've been good, man. Like, I've been going on walks, been back in the gym, like going four days a week and um, reading a lot more, kind of just like taking time for myself and kind of taking space to just like really be by myself. And I've been loving it, man. I can't lie to you. Um, obviously, you know, when you hear about things that are going on in the world with like, you know, Alex's poem just a minute ago about what's going on and, um, you know, some other stuff, which I won't go into, you know, some stuff that have been in the news about schools and stuff. We won't go into that right now, mm. but um, it's hard not to um, empathize and kind of, um, you know, feel not guilty for moving away from all that type of stuff. I've, I felt inc- incredibly drained during um, 2020. Was it 2020? Yeah, 2020, when all of the like Black Lives Matter marches and everything was going on in America. So I realized that um, my approach and in the UK, apologies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I realized my approach to using the Internet when it comes to like trauma and like um, like war and all of these news things needs to change. And that's partly why I don't really engage with social media in the same way. And I've just I feel much better for it, to be honest. It's like living in a world of ignorance, like ignorance is bliss in a way. But at the same time, my mental health is so much better. Um, as a result of me selecting when I can go into those, you know, okay, let me be angry now. Let me be, you know, all of these different emotions. So, um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Um, that's pretty much me, Marquise, in, with his fresh cut. Okay, okay, okay. And the yeah, tan jacket. Okay. Yeah, yo, it's been, I've actually been in a much better mood. I had a really, I had a really good therapy session yesterday night, which was nice. Um, so shout out to Nico. I appreciate her. And also I'm just settling into this, like this new school and it's just dope. I I wasn't sure how I was going to deal with just teaching all boys. And I was just like, oh, wait, high school, I can do this. Ninth mm-hmm. and 10th grade literature. I'm kind of lit. I'm going to be honest. No pun intended. So um I've been enjoying that, but overall, I have to say, like, I've been in a really, a really good space more recently, and especially just starting, like, it just feels like this week was all new beginnings, and I got to celebrate over the weekend with Jasmine Sullivan, a couple of my Mm -hmm. friends had their own launch party, look, okay, she was Mm -hmm. great, Jasmine, I love you, (laughs) Um, Tiana Major 9, that's my good sis, too, so let's not sleep on her, because that opening set, I said, oh, she fired, Um, so I just really... Yo, so good. But it was just a weekend of like celebrations. Like my boy hosted his own John for the first time. Uh, John for the UK listeners, it can mean just thing. It can mean anything. Just, we're used you know. to you. <laughs> right, so yeah, we're out here now. We're good. We're good. Um, 
So that was dope. But I just really spent this whole week just like enjoying. I danced till two o'clock in the morning and sweat through my clothes. And I have mm-hmm. not done that in a year and some change. And it was so nice to just, I'm still, my voice is still coming back. So I sound like I smoked a pack a day, but we're good. I'm not smoking. <laughs> I just, you know, I was singing too much. And then I decided to go to a JoJo concert because my boy said, hey, I got an extra ticket. You want to go down the street? I said, yeah. So JoJo. JoJo. This is what I mean about America. All right. You I just wondering people all... around the corner. Whereas we're in, in London. We have to wait with bated breath. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Even for UK artists um, that live down the road. I'm Tell like, us about the O2 Shepherd's Bush. And we're just like, pardon? And it's like £70 to a ticket. I'm tired. Yeah, I, I, mm. Jojo is on your doorstep. Imagine. Jojo. Imagine. Truly and honestly, she's really a five minute drive down the street. So that was really nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was just like like celebration and starting anew and just feeling like a fresher energy which I just, I just need. I was so bogged down by this last job. So this one is just like, oh, I have the space to do more and work and finesse the way that I want to teach in a classroom. So that's just been like a really beautiful process. And I'm just like giving myself, wrapping myself in hugs every day now. So like, <laughs> my therapist said, just hug yourself. And I said, okay, that sounds me. So I'm gonna do it. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna start doing that more. But Overall, like I've been in a lot better spirits. The last two weeks were tumultuous, but it was fun. Also, shout out to Timmy for coming through. If you're listening, Please. it was nice to have you. We miss our roommate already. So <laughs> that's it. He's chaotic, but it was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sagittarius, isn't it? Yeah, truly. I'll tell you what they. I'll tell you what they Nigerian. did to me on Friday. Last week. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Right. <laughs> These two. Anyway. So I don't think anyone heard what I said. I okay. said Nigerian. We heard what you said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're eating bitch. <laughs> paste it over Toby. Eden said peel back the tin. Like, Try that one more time. All right. Um Yeah, all right, dope guys. Um so this week we Oh, well, we had Kate's story. Kate's, Kate's episode of the trilogy was on here. There's a lot that there's a lot to unpack. Mm. And um, again, general thoughts on the episode before we go in on the on the specific topics that um, that occurred. Um, I will go first because <laughs> I always find this bit strange. I mean, the overall episode, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed. Um, the metaphors that they were using, um, the symbolism, and I um, yeah, it, I don't know what it is about these trilogies, but they got me liking these characters, and I'm and these characters that I was adamant that I wouldn't like. Um, obviously, the one yeah, my enemy is my my display picture on this on this chat, but um, Toby, well, not me, but Toby the. <laughs> character yeah but it was a good episode i really enjoyed the writing um and i enjoyed the intentionality behind it um on the writing um point um this was written by chrissy metz i believe I've said oh, she wrote name. it she wrote it so her and susan kalechi were the two that decided to not direct and it was directed by mandy moore and um interestingly enough Chrissy decided to like dig deep into her own divorce which she said mirrors very um very well with Toby and Kate's future divorce um so that's very interesting like the um in an interview she just talked about kind of just how it was like they absolutely just loved each other but grew differently her and her Uh, ex-husband yeah 
Um, so yeah, I think yeah, that that was very interesting to see kind of like how it mirrored because it it was the same with um Susan Kalechi where there was just a lot about herself and her dreams and aspirations and failed dreams and going forth for things again that she added into her um this the Beth centric episode. So that makes it just like it really hits you in your feels to see that it's life or art imitating life or I don't know real life in, inspiring art rather yeah life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's so. real. I love. I I did really enjoy this episode overall. Very well written. I love a good theme, and also Fight Club was one of my favorite movies. And I said, let's freaking go with a Fight Club theme throughout the whole episode. I thought that John was so clever, mm-hmm. but I loved how creative, like Chrissy got with the writing, but also what Mandy Moore did with the directing. Right. I was just like, this is dead fire. So overall. I thought this one is one of the more creative and fun episodes. And normally I feel like we only get that kind of extraness with like a Rand, like Randall's background story. I felt like had like the little, Oh, what's going on here? Is he here? Is he not? Is she here? Is she not? Like, so it's fun to see like where Chrissy took it. So I, once again, all the way here. Also, I love seeing Madison and Kate actually hang out and be like, regular people together so <laughs> regular as in away from the other pieces <laughs> that's called for <laughs> she has a friend <laughs> i'm just still shocked any of them have friends i mean randall really doesn't you guys mentioned j1 and i was like that's not a friend that's an employee <laughs> that's his best friend and, it, and randall said that so yeah but it's also his employee but it, I, like I, I, re- I reckon he leaves off his j1's his friend I reckon that's they would anyway. Mm, okay. That's for him to go off. Um, no, I'm gonna agree with what Marquis said. Like Fight Club is one of my favorite movies ever made. And there were loads of references and things, and even shots that were very similar to Fight Club as well. I think me and Marquise are on the same page. <laughs> I, I think I think we are. We might be. I, I don't know. But there's there's a specific shot that I was like, oh, that's very creative. That's very creative the way you've done that. Um, but I was really intrigued by um, kind of the undertones of the episode. Um, Randall's storyline, but also just kind of things that were left unsaid and still unanswered. And I know I'm going to be exhausted because I know Marquise is going to go in on Toby at some point in the episode. <laughs> and I'm already exhausted because I know I'm going to have to say some things on this podcast today and um but yeah it was a really good episode it was it was a great feel like it just felt very kind of free and different and I like the way they played with like um it wasn't magical realism but it was um it was very similar to Randall's episode when he went to go visit his mother and they kind of introduced elements of magic let's say with regards to his mother appearing in the water and all of these different types of things it was very similar with Kate and old Toby and the way that he was used as like a Tyler Durden, for example. So I thought mm-hmm. that was very creative. Um, and San Francisco looks amazing. I want to go there. So, And it is very hilly. My calves look good after I walked up them big ass hills. Like, <laughs> hey, but when I tell you to sit, like it is a very beautiful city. Yeah. And that, that vibe that they captured, it really felt very reminiscent of that. So I will say like, I felt like Kate in her little montage, like walking through San Francisco myself, like, yeah, <laughs> they they did a really good job at catch, capturing that element, though. 
Yeah. That was like full house. Charles, <laughs> all this little, you know, little fun stuff, you know. That's so yeah. Raven. That's what I was going to say. So all Raven. we know over here is that's so Raven. Yeah, like we see the cable Raven. cards yeah. with the little music. Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> with the switch <laughs> to the next scene. We see the cable card and then it's the next scene and that's so Raven. But um, yeah, that's it was, was a great episode. It was a great episode. I'm calling it a tram when I go there. Facebook. Okay. So you just want you want to go there on violence. That's very interesting. Yeah, you're like, well, I'm gonna call it the British word, not what they call it. <laughs> Alex, if you stand on and say this is a tram. A tram. <laughs> I am on the I'll tram. Be, I'll be like, it's a tram. <laughs> you can at least say trolley, like you can do something. It's not like, a a tra- <laughs> go off, King. You're not starting your violence with me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm back. Oh. Behave, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um all oh, right, yeah, that, yeah, it was a good episode. So, who's what's to go with the running order um, of the of the episode? We want to go in chronological order. Yeah, okay. I guess. Uh, I guess that could Baby work thematically. Yeah. 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 All right. So, like y'all, like we've been saying, we got a Kate centric episode, and it was really dope to get to know a little bit more about her. But with each of the trilogies, we have started off with childhood college age and then adult but we're seeing the theme of like how does each of this event same event impact their decision making that they have in today so we got to see Mm -hmm. a much more independent Kate we got to see a much more confident Kate and we'll talk about that more at the end of the episode but let's talk all the way from the back because once again Kate and the family are back in the pool and we see her like I'm not trying to go in this pool am I I'm clinging on as hard as possible and we see Jack and Rebecca going back and forth. So Rebecca's trying to get her. And then she's like, all right, Jack, you know she a mama. She she uh, daddy's a little girl. So how are we going to finesse her? Coax her into doing something. And so we already saw in the last episode, Kevin was just like, daddy's trying to drown me. And then Kate is sitting there in amazement of like, that girl is swimming backwards. How's she swimming upside down? Like, it was really <laughs> adorable. Mm-hmm. But we see that Kate is super hesitant to let go of both parents. So... Talk about what it was like seeing that scene a little bit more too. Cause I, I was like, they have, they set the tone with that scene for me because then it was just like, Ooh, she does have a problem with holding on mm. and she's scared of her own stuff. So talk about that a little bit. If there's any overall thoughts before I like deep dive with the question. Um, if no one else is going to. Yeah. Feel free. Uh, um, it's hard to talk about that without talking about, um, with, it's hard to talk about baby Kate without talking about young adult Kate and um, present day Kate. Um, so I know we want to go thematically, but just for that bit, because it was kind of like a montage, the way they presented yep. it to us. And I think Alex alluded to it earlier, but just the metaphor of climbing in and climbing out was just I was like this is so beautiful and it was it was easy to digest it wasn't like one of those deep metaphors but for the sake of um just just saying it I will say it like just watching young Kate kind of like be forced to get into that pool and then you see you know um college age Kate just being like she just kept walking around that same pool being like I'm I'm lost and I'm trapped and that's literally it is it was what happened like she refused to let go of her dad in that pool and at that age at that time she was refusing to kind of let go of the guilt that she the guilt I said the killed 
Ooh, Freudian slip. Yeah, the guilt that, that she killed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, I'm so glad Kate's not a real person because you killed your daddy. And I'm just going to say, you can't <laughs> oh say that to Oh my God. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say, <laughs> I've always stood on that. Like, you can't say that to a real life person, but you did it. And of course, you feel guilty. So um, that's just the harsh reality of, of life, um, of Kate's life, um, in fact. But yeah. Then you see, obviously, her brothers saying, you know, one step at a time, Kate, no sweat. But she's just not able to really take that one step at a time, even at that stage. And then in between then and us watching her climb that hill in San Francisco, she met Toby. And Toby was a catalyst for her growth. Um, I believe that Toby... It's not that he did everything, but he, even in his darkness and his depression and his unhealthy lifestyle, both physically and mentally, he helped Kate get out of that pool. And she had to then climb out into the rest of what her life would look like. And that was her climbing out, climbing up that same hill where Toby was at the bottom, climbing up that hill, the same hill that Toby assumed she could not climb. And I think that is the journey that Kate has taken and is taking. And when she gets to the top of the hill, she makes a decision that ultimately means divorce. Like we know it does because Toby at the bottom of the hill said, the only way our family is going to survive is if you come to San Fran. And she said, let me park that thought. Climbs the hill, calls Philip all the way in LA, British guy, and and is like, in fact, that job, can I have it? It wasn't even a job that I even considered for her. But then I was like, what job is she talking about? Oh, yeah. Somebody had a leave and do at the beginning. And that was her choosing to continue to grow. Um, and that's what I got out of baby Kate holding on to Jack in the pool earlier, which is why I said it was difficult to talk about that without talking about all the others because it was so intertwined. No, I agree, uh, Alex. Um, I think that I think that when we when we just keep when we isolate Kate at the pool, I, 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 okay. The thing I really like about this episode and the way they're doing these trilogies is that they all have their own battles to face. So obviously, we saw that Kevin wanted to touch the drain last episode. Kate needs to get in the pool. So he Kevin wants to rush. Kate wants Kate is hesitant to get with life. But but in that same clip we saw Randall way over there <laughs> waving his having the time of over his there. Life. Do you see what I mean? And we see and we see that paralleled at the at the end. But we'll get to that. And um, but in that scene, just where Kate Kate is, I feel like it kind of just spoke a lot to that hesitancy that we all have of the unknown, um, and of unsafety. And I think that. I think just, I think it was just beautiful to see because it t- it did take me back to that first day. Like I don't I, okay, I don't hundred percent remember the first day of swimming, but I do remember that feeling of that hesitation before you get into any pool, like any physical swimming pool. You you're on the edge and you're just like, there's a, and you, and the thing is, it's something that you I can't you can't really explain it because if you already know how to swim and you've been in a swimming pool, you know what to expect. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cold water. You're gonna be in there. You're gonna be like. <laughs> And then you're gonna be like, okay, cool. And you just kind of mm-hmm. get on with the get on with the business of swimming, sort of thing, for some people anyway. Um, but it just makes me think about. I think that the thing about this show is that it makes me think about 
what it would be like to then raise children because we're seeing it unpacked backwards in this whole in this whole saga in this whole series and when you just start to come to these moments of deep vulnerability that is um getting into a pool and learning how to swim and really get to the other end and do all this other stuff it's that fear i feel like we forget that fear as adults we forget that that fear of the first times and stuff or we just or we just as adults become a bit more accustomed to that anxiety but as kids it's very new it's very it's a very new so, feeling you're telling me y'all were not thrown into the pool and expected to just learn how to swim off of absolutely that? not i've i i jumped in i i feel like i jumped in because i'm so comfortable in the water so but i've always been in there but like I, I, said thrown. Thrown. I was not i said survive <laughs> this is the thing like when kate was taking so long to come in and they were trying to coax her in and do all this stuff a part of me feels like i would have just kind of grabbed her (laughs) grabbed her and like held on to her and dunked her in (laughs) just to know that the water is not like i mean like i don't i I mean obviously obviously again it's kind of it's kind of traumatic but the idea that you are still holding on to the person and to the I and to the to know that it is safe to be in the water is the thing for me. Um but coaxing in like that, like how Rebecca was doing it with Kate, is probably not something that I would do. Um but again that's immersion therapy. I think that's probably something that's probably I mean neither sorry. Uh, n- neither Jack or Rebecca's methods got Kate into that pool. Kate was in the pool with Jack. Yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, Jack. Uh, okay, she was in the pool with Jack. But, I mean, it seemed as if when he got out of the pool that his mission was not accomplished. He was like, today's <laughs> not the day. So, yes, he was in the pool, but she, she was in the pool, but she really fully wasn't. Mm. Like, her legs, I bet she was, like, swinging her legs at the top of the water, mm. trying to make sure her legs don't get in. Like, she didn't But really let's not in. play either, because the way Jack tried to play Rebecca and said, stop baby and Kevin... As soon as she said, he goes, I need you to go. She goes, why would I? And then even I melted. I said, dang, I can't say no. I was saying how to you. Like, <laughs> so I think that was, that was also part of it. Because it's just, to me, it's interesting um, to see, like, they were just like, girl, you got you to get in this pool. Just get in the pool. And, like, really trying. They were trying to every avenue. So even then, it was just like, I was getting anxious. Because I was like, I get it. She's still a kid. But also, like, she should have a choice whether she wants to get in the pool or not. Mm. Um, and then I, and I think that's current Marquise because before I've been like, if that little girl don't stop complaining and just hop in that pool and then <laughs> just get her together. <laughs> like, again, that was before. But now I'm also just like, nah, I, I could see how a child could potentially remember something like that and just like, I'm not ready to go in just yet. Like, I'm mm. not ready for this. And you're not listening to me say I'm not ready. Mm. And so those are the things that I was thinking about, like, as I was watching, because now at this point, like, what would that, what does that tell Kate moving forward? Like, exactly. We'll get you to do what you want to do if we can coerce you into doing this. Mm. Or, hey, we're going to want you to do this sooner than you are willing to do this thing. Mm. And so even then, I think that was the start of where she actually began retreating into herself and not actually letting anything of the world, like, really go and then we see it a little later when we're just like, oh, Toby was able to inspire her to start this journey. Mm. But 
I think before that, I think this is also just a reason where Kate hadn't ever made a decision for herself. They were always just like, hey, you should try this, or you should do this, or we should talk to you like this, or we should do this, which is why, to me, Kate doesn't have an ability to make a decision for herself until by the time we get to the end of this episode, or even imagine what she actually wants uh, beyond like something. So mm. I'm thinking about that just in like how that start with young Kate and how do we see a trend with college age Kate and uh, adult Kate. But yeah, I enjoyed the scene. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think I, I agree with everything that pretty much everyone has said. I think it was also a great introduction to um, attachment types in a way, because Ooh. I feel like with Kate, this was a clear example of like an anxious attachment type um someone who you know she was very clingy with her father for example she didn't want to let go and kind of embrace the unknown like Alex said and um for me when I was watching it I I wasn't really like you know let go Kate like just get in the water and stuff like that I was more so along the lines of why is her getting in the water so important like why is this like for example Rebecca was saying that you know we bought you this new swimsuit and what good will it come to if it doesn't get wet or you know I'm paraphrasing but she says something along those lines and I was just like okay that's very interesting but why is there this need for her to jump into the water and swim um and I think just overall that scene in particular helped me really humanize Kate as a person because you know there is there's always been this thing that I've always said on this podcast and I will own it because I stand by it but I've always had issues with the way that Kate navigates the world um through this is us she kind of navigates from what I've seen the situ like a lot of situations as if she's the injured party in a lot of conversations and um you know like the way she interacts with Randall and Kevin sometimes she has to play mediator um like her her character has been probably the main gripe for me watching the show but watching her at such a young age and really understand you know she had this massive attachment to her father and I can't imagine the amount of trauma and um pain she must feel as a result of feeling responsible for his death as well so now being able to humanize her from the scene and see, okay, cool. So this is why she isn't doing certain types of things like going forward for certain jobs or, um, you know, really putting herself out in the world. <clears throat> I'm able to like, look at her and say, okay, cool. You're a human being. I have compassion for you. Obviously I don't agree with everything that I've seen on screen. And I do think that, you know, therapy might have been an option for her, but after watching this episode, I'm kind of like, you know what I hear when people say therapy isn't for everyone and I've I've always stood by that statement by the way not to say that everyone has to go into therapy but this journey that Kate has been on is pretty much evidence of that to be honest she is working towards you know really stepping out of herself and letting go of a lot of limitations that she placed on herself and I just think that's very important to kind of witness and understand um so for me, that scene, the, the the scene by the pool, it really just made me think about what I would be like as a father as well. Because um, I've always, I've said this to Alex, I feel like I would be a very clingy father. I feel like I would be. Like, I feel like, especially if I have a daughter, I'll be a mess. I can't lie to you. Well, a son as well. But if I had a daughter, I'd be a mess. I can't lie. Um, just because I've always wanted like a daughter and I've always wanted a son. 
Um, but like the idea of like my kid not feeling comfortable in the water, I don't know how I would interact with that because, you know, swimming is a life skill. It's not just necessarily something to do. Marquise, why are you making this suspicious face? I don't understand. I can't swim. You can't swim? <laughs> no. Is it because you were you thrown in the pool? Is that why? <laughs> but again, that's sadly that's just a I don't know if it was just like a black American thing, but if you ask a lot of us it, how did we learn to swim or why did we reject swimming? It was that we were all thrown into the pool. Some of us swam, some of us did not. Oh my so, god. Wow. I did not swim. Oh Your parents are gonna be there, they're gonna grab you if they see you struggling. But I just I avoided the pool, so Jesus. And, I, and I was tall, so I just, you know, I stood up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't know who, if any of you guys remember that. I owe me their rise. Yes, please. you're wasting don't my money. money. Yeah, don't, don't waste, waste my money. money. <laughs> this girl got went into the, she had a swimming lesson and she was drowning. And her, instead of her dad to save her, dad was like, I owe me their rise. Don't waste my money. <laughs> that was the funniest tweet I've seen. That tweet was like yeah. 2013. I will oh, not forget. I'm, I'm even going to look for it. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> don't sorry, waste Ethan. my money. <laughs> no, but it's just like, you know, thinking about what swimming is, it's a life skill, right? So I understand why there's this pressure, that there's this worry that you can't swim and everything. Um, but I'm just a bit intrigued about the need to put her in the water and how that affected her growing up. But also, um, it really showed how much she relied on Jack and she was the person to almost um, soften him because you saw the way he was with Kevin and that's kind of how fathers usually are with their their sons, for example. Like, um, you know, you're going to be a man someday. You need to learn the tough lessons and all of the above. Um, but, Ke- but Kate really just diffused, um, what's his name again? Jack's whole argument, like with just why would I? Which, to be honest, I was like, fair enough. Like, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Why would she? Like, she can't swim. Why am I going to let go? I understand. Plus, Katie, girl, sometimes you got to swim by yourself. Now let go. <laughs> now I wish you guys go. could see Alex's face. Now let go. <laughs> but, Daddy, I could not let go. <laughs> now let go. Alex is violent. And you know the thing it's that I love? Boys. Alex, Alex will have a child that's like him. So the child will be able to chat back to him. I mean, like, but dad, but theoretically, like, <laughs> but theoretically, Bigfoot. I feel like you're not being very emotional, and intelligent right now. So. Theoretically, Bigfoot. <laughs> no, but you're right. I, I get what you're saying. So I'll, I'll say my point when you finish. Yeah, I'm done. No, I was just like, you know, more to, more time though. I it, it is a thing. It is a thing about pandering with these parents. When I say these parents, I mean Jack and Rebecca. <laughs> Not just parents. All parents. <laughs> just the they whole pander. generation. They pander. They pander yeah. to they pander to Kevin and Kate, typically. Um obviously they give Randall what he well, they feel they give Randall what he needs, but Randall becomes quite self excuse me. Randall becomes quite self sufficient mm. early on, early on. So they don't necessarily feel that they that he needs them but he needs them in different ways and we realize that as as he grows older but like kevin kevin wanted to swim kevin jack was teaching him how to swim swim to the end gets out can't do it pulls him up says dad's trying to drown me rebecca runs to him and sits with him brings him an icicle and ice pop whatever you call it and he's there eating it doesn't even say thank you kate 
is struggling to get in the water. Kevin is, you know, holding on, like she's holding on to him. Kevin's holding on to him. Kate is holding on to Jack, sorry. And, you know, like there's no, there's no lesson. There's no lesson there. Do you see what I mean? It's like they pander to them. They, and, and it's been that way up until Jack dies and Jack becomes the this, this schism that cracks all of that because obviously as I, as I said last episode that gap in that they that they would have grown grown with him and probably out of him wasn't available to them so they were stunted at that point and it was really really challenging so I just find it I just find it really interesting but I do think that you know had Jack said to Kate you have to let go and you have to do it now that might have all turned out quite differently so yeah, that's what I say. That's 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 why I say let go now. Let go. I can't. But you know, it all depends because then that's that's Jack stuff. Mm. Sorry, I was just gonna. I, something just came to mind just quickly. Sorry, Marcus, were you gonna say something? No, no, I was asking if you were gonna say something. Yeah, something came to mind quickly. I was just reminded of how Jack learned to drive. Um, mm. and like his dad kind of just put him in the front seat because his dad got like drunk, right? And couldn't drive home. And he was just literally, th- like, if we're talking about being thrown into things, Jack was literally put in the driving seat and told, get us home. Jack so I'm just thinking, Rise. Jack, yeah, Rise. Jack Rise, don't waste my money. Like, <laughs> don't waste my sperm now. The one that survived. <laughs> well, how did we get there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but obviously, what money is he wasting? Please. You are the sperm that survived. Drive me home. How did we get there? <laughs> How did I get brought into this? <laughs> you see how I get in there? <laughs> I didn't even do nothing. <laughs> no, but literally, he, he I, I imagine we usually try to parent, because I'm not a parent, so I wouldn't know. But I, this is my assumption. We try to parent in like the opposite way that our parents raise us. We try to look at things that we didn't like as children, and we try to do it in a completely different way. So with regards to Jack learning to drive and literally being thrown into that position and having a father who wouldn't really coddle him um, and kind of like, you know, wouldn't really like, yeah, coddle him in the way that he's doing with Kate and um, Randall, for example, will leave Kevin because we saw Kevin in the gym and Kevin swimming, like, you know, very similar situations to Jack. But I would say that with Katie, it makes more sense that he's a Katie with Kate. He's a bit more sensitive to her needs. But that's just men with their daughters. Um, so, yeah, it was just interesting um, to see. Just quickly, don't want to go off on the tangent too much. Do you think it's misogynistic? To? In yes. general, is it misogynistic how the differences in in the way that Jack behaved? He threw, <laughs> he threw, it's not even funny, <laughs> he threw Kevin into the pool, but he let Kate hold on to him. Like, there's literal it's, physical differences. It's paternalism. It's what, sorry? Paternalism. 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 Okay. Yeah. So protect. So the whole protection, ask permission, directive sort of thing. I don't understand. He he basically he matched Kevin's energy, and Kevin didn't, and it felt like, and he didn't give, and the permission was the. So basically, how do I explain this? It's like. I think I get what it's you like mean. Yeah. the the kind of the author the authoritarian kind of 
directive. So you have to do this, you have to do it this way, and this is what this is what it has to be. We have that with a lot of medics in Western society. It's very much you have to take your medicine at this time, you have to be in bed by this time, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Those the healthcare is very, very paternal. When it comes to when it comes to raising children, it's that whole you have to ask permission, you have to do as you're told, you have to get to that point. But it's all with the guise of protecting the vulnerable mm. person. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean it's it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing because these things are inherently just what they are. Mm. But whereas maternalism is quite permissive, so they get, they ask you if this is what you want. They ask mm. like so you saw that with Rebecca. You saw that with Rebecca being like, all right, come on. Do you want to get in? Do you want to do this? Come on, I put my face in the water. This is what it looks like. Da, 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 blah, 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 you know? Whereas yeah. with Kevin, she was in the water. That was basically <laughs> she was there already. Do you see what I mean? Also so. true. Because um, it makes me think, I had to make sure I got the quote just right. Because I always talk about it. Michelle Obama talked about, we love our boys and we raise our girls. And so even then, um, like we raise the girls to be strong they can't, they um, take care of her. They're, they know how to take care of each other. We teach them how to like navigate the world because we're just like, oh, you're going to have to do this. But with boys, because we love on them so much, we coddle them and we're just like, ah, here's some things. So to me, what I felt like we were kind of witnessing was like, now, Kate, you're going to have to figure this drawing out. Kevin, you tried, but we're going to let you go a little bit. Same thing with Kate at, by the end of it. But I do feel like there's a difference in how, boys and girls are raised in terms of like parents uh, parenting in general because we tend to be like we got you know we got love on our boys we gotta do this and then our girls the world's gonna be tough out there we know it's gonna be tough out there I was one of those guys like we got to figure that out so like Mm -hmm. even in that I think it's just interesting it's an interesting conversation on like how how do we choose to parent whatever the gender is and if we're thinking in the binary how do we um talk to boys versus talk to girls in terms of like mm-hmm. life skills what we should know what they should know because my sister and i we had two different upbringings like mm-hmm. two different ones mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my house that, yeah so it was different that's interesting monkeys because oh, that's sorry good. alex Ooh. No, nothing. You just got your arms out. Your <laughs> arms out. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It, it was hot. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. We see. Like, we see. We see. You look good. Yeah. From my point. No, this. you detracted from your point. You took off your shirt. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Then mm. Beyonce rocket. I see. <laughs> Tonight I'm gonna take. <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, Alex had a good point coming up. Anyway. Let me sit this air <laughs> on you. Yes, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm singing all the Beyonce stripping songs. I mean, not that I know which one is which, but anyway, as you as you were, are you done with the shovel? Yes, Remember? yes, I'm done. I was just like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. keep going, yeah, go. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, it's interesting you say that, Marquise, because the opposite was done with Kevin and Kate. Mm. You know, and this is why I disagree with. I generally disagree with that point that Michelle Obama makes <laughs> which is quite no, that's true but I because uh, you know we don't we don't see that in this and generally that's not necessarily how it how it goes it's I think that I think 
that the, I feel like the way it happens is that the, the lessons are just very different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this situation, Jack was loving on Kate and raising Kevin. I and agree. I, I agree like, with you. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, and it plays into that paternalism piece. But mm. and I think that that's and I think I think that's kind of important because I feel like a lot of people. And I don't want to make assumptions for everybody who is listening or has watched the episode or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people could identify with what was happening there. When I rode a bike, I was on it with no stabilizers the very first time and crashed. So, and in crashing, it was then that stabilizers were then put on reluctantly. And then I, and then I was kind of taught to then ride, mm. like, which, 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 but the opposite opposite for my sister so I guess when we discuss what raising is I guess it's just how quick the lessons are presented to us Mm. um and what that is and I think that you know with this with this bit Kevin had a had an had an, an imminent um understanding of not being able to be like Jack in that mm-hmm. situation and Kate didn't have that thing even when Rebecca was like oh mommy's in the bar in the in the swimming pool like you come in Kate just was like I don't care like why are you in there mm. just, why are you sending her? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but then when we cut to Jack and Kate, Kate is in the pool holding on to Jack and I just feel like and I feel like yeah uh, yeah so I, I you know sorry sorry Miss o- Mrs Obama um <laughs> you're a bit you're a bit gen x with that one but um, oh i'm but yeah. crying i still i still think that quote holds true just not in this situation to at least from what i've seen i just feel like it's a, i just feel like it's a moot point personally that's real but yeah um eats man what do you have to say no i just think it's important because i'm actually unlearning as we're having this conversation um just because like even in the first half of this podcast I even said that like I really want a daughter of like a son and all of the above and I feel like that comes from like what we've literally just discussed that idea of like um you know being softer on a daughter versus being harder on a son although I don't think I would hope I don't do that consciously there is still a lot of anxiety and fear of what I have experienced as a black man in this world um, that I would need to not project on my future children if I'm lucky to have them. Um, so I was just thinking about that. And it's just interesting because I had a conversation with my dad recently. It was more like a, it was a very heated conversation because I've always had this thing about how I was pushed into sports because I was good at it versus like how I've always been creative, but it wasn't the thing that I was invested in. And I was having this conversation with my dad and he was just like, you've got to understand, we, you grew up in Tottenham. You're a black man and we put you in sport because we didn't know what you would do around the environment that you were in. And obviously it was my parents' first times being parents, but it allowed me to really like humanize the situation and be like, actually, you know, what? I kind of understand where you're coming from. I kind of understand um, why I was pushed to do certain types of things or why I was put in certain areas and um really you know um 
just it, it was their way of protecting me and I, I I started to understand why certain things happened in my life and that really healed a part of I don't want to say necessarily um, animosity or um, resentment towards them but it kind of helps me really understand that okay you put me in here because of what was going on at the time and your understanding of what it meant to be a black man in like Tottenham which is for Marquise's benefit like a notoriously black area um, and when I grew up around there it was particularly rife like with crime and all of the above um, so I think like really understanding that will help me as a father in the future again if I'm lucky um, to really understand what it means to raise children and um, I'm more curious about this this need to basically arm women as you raise them um because I've always I, I don't know why well I do know why now we've had the conversation and kind of like things that I've read in the past but I've always had this thing about wanting to teach my future daughter how to defend herself like it's always been this thing like oh, I want to make sure that she goes to cry and she like learns how to protect herself and all of the above um because I've heard some pretty scary stories from like some of my female friends or all of the above but just hearing what we're talking about now, I'm understanding actually that's not the healthiest way to to like approach the situation. Like, I think needs take the priority and understanding, you know, how to introduce children to the world, but equally, um, I don't, I think it's important we help young boys understand the power that, they are automatically granted being men in this world. Um, black men, I feel like it's a different conversation to white men and um, their relation to patriarchy, but also their relation to power. It's a very different type of power. I've had that conversation before. People didn't agree with it, but whatever. Um, but I do think that conversation about raising young boys very early, I understand it when it comes to young black men. I understand why we are told very early you know people are going to see you as older than you actually are so I'm intrigued to see Randall's storyline to kind of see how he was treated by um Beth and Jack um but this whole conversation oh sorry Rebecca and Jack um so don't disrespect my queen (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's it on air sorry my bad um but yeah, I'm intrigued to see the next episode. But this conversation about raising daughters versus raising men, da- daughters versus raising sons. sons. Wow, I even did it there subconsciously. Wow. <laughs> it's been very educational for me. So thank you, yeah. Marquise and Alex. You know, shout out to you and the stuff you're doing in life. And you know, I'm not gonna say thank you because we don't do that. But you know, shout out to you. But, you know. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so now I'm raised and not loved on. You see how it is, Marquis. You colonize your thought process, bro. <laughs> can I can I add something? I noticed I, I noticed the difference in not only Jack and Rebecca, but also in what we said about Michelle Obama, what her point and kind of like the points that most of you guys have had when it comes to raising boys and loving boys, blah blah, all of that. Sometimes I think it's got to do, it's all got to do with the parent and the gender that they are. So as a gen, as a woman raising, like just to speak broadly, because um, I obviously know there's different nuances and whatever, but, you know, as a cis woman raising 
a girl we saw kate train sorry we saw rebecca train kate and kind of like arguably cuddle kevin Mm. but we saw jack they just they switch places Mm. depending on the gender of the child they were raising so i think it has got a lot to do with the gender of the parent and i just wanted to kind of like conclude on that Mm. there um and that's why i guess michelle said what she said and you guys are you know hypothetically saying this about your future kids um yeah sorry i got a phone call but um yeah can you hear the phone call Uh, we just know Uh, you're booked and busy don't worry uh, (laughs) all right yeah um yeah there's that yeah that's all i want to say all right so i you know there are moments where i'm just like all right we're gonna pass by this like smaller portion of it and we end up that'd be the weirdest thing that we take deep dives on and i'd be all the way here for it but we now get into young adult kate and they are all at the empty pool and we realize these idiots got locked in was it randall's fault that they got locked in (laughs) Did did he kick the brick I love the way you brought that. I love the. Hold on one second. Can we just can we just appreciate the way Marquis brought that topic to the table? <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and we realized they all got locked in. <laughs> very, I, appreciate it. I appreciate. It was you. very like you know no, local <laughs> news <laughs> and reporting here. From... <laughs> I, I'm reporting here from Foolish FM. <laughs> Um, I definitely b- believe it was Randall who kicked the rock and said, "Why is the rock here? Let's yeah. begin." However, well, is that because something you would do? I was. Yes, go- oh my god, absolutely. I was going to say that. No, 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 no. Okay, when I say absolutely, so I know that I, I feel like I would look at the rock and be like, That's good. "Why is the rock here?" I'm not sure whether I would move it. But mm-hmm. I feel like no, nah, I'm not sure I would because if I've, been, I've, did I've, it, you nah, I've been in situations like this before. Do you know what? He's actually right because there was a time where Alex and I got in a car and there was like a group of guys yelling, and Alex was like, "Why are people yelling?" And he just closed the door. <laughs> it's just like it's like that's their business. <laughs> Why are people yelling? <laughs> oh my god! But like, but also. I feel like Randall would have kicked the rock and been yeah. like, why is this rock here? Let's move it. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Or just not thought about it. There's a rock here. It's in the way. Let's just move it. Let me save this rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to save the rock. Yeah. yeah. So they get locked in. But I mean, I feel like, the, I feel like, this is, and this is where, and this is where I started to really enjoy um, understanding Kate a bit more in this dynamic with these guys. And, Kate then started walking around and says, like, my life is in Pittsburgh. I'm Pittsburgh. I'm tired of Pittsburgh. Like, and you know, Randall being ever the optimist. Mm. What's wrong with Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is great. He's like, it's not Pittsburgh that is the problem. It's her life in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Sorry, I keep saying yeah, that. I was gonna... um, but like, I, I feel like it, and I was, it was just, it was interesting to hear that because sometimes I feel the similar way. Like, it's like people, you know, you hear me rag on London a lot a lot of the time and I'm conscious about how much I do it but then also I'm like well I can be I'm from here mm. but um and then I'm just actually but sometimes I sit in it I'm like well what is it about <laughs> is, it my, is it my life in London that I'm that, that I don't like why are you laughing at me <laughs> no I'm just remembering when Alex found out that emotional support horses could get on tubes and Alex was like why if I see an emotional support horse on my tube I'm just Why gonna they lose it. They can't even fit. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that whole conversation. Sorry. Wait, how did we get? 
if Alexander I tell Nicky you Nicky. the day I see an emotional support horse on YouTube, <laughs> it is over. It is done. It is finished. You're going to see me on the news. I will go viral. It will, it will not be. It will not be pretty. It will not be pretty. I feel like I feel like it will either be career suicide or amplifying the career. I don't know what it will be, but it will be something. I will lose my shit. So um, many a horse. Anyway, my point is that we start to look at our own condition in the places that we grew up in, the places that we love. And I think it's not until we either take ourselves out of the place that we are physically mm. or emotionally, mentally, and spiritually from another, in another way, you know? Um, we see Randall, you know, he's gone to university. We've got Kevin who went to LA and then Kate is still there. Mm. In in Kevin it. even went to New York and then LA, did he not? Right. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, as we talked about, you know, Kate's still holding on and all of this stuff, and everybody else has gone to do whatever. So yeah, that was all. Like it was, I really identified with that. Mm. I thought it was interesting too, <clears throat> because actually, Kate is my biggest fear. Like her naming that was like my biggest fear. Like, oh, I'm still in Pittsburgh, and like I have nothing uh-huh. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Kate. That like, right. But like, I always had such a fear of like dying in my hometown because like, there's literally nothing here. You do the same thing every single day, and I realized like there are people who genuinely enjoy that. People love routine. People love knowing your neighbors. They love that small town feel. But that to me is so like suffocating and claustrophobic, and I could not live a life like that. So to hear Kate, and it reminded me of a conversation I had with my boy two weeks ago about where he was just like, oh, no, nah, Keish, you going you to go live and be great and have this huge impact. He goes, I'm a simpleton. I like what I like. I'm going to do my photography. I'm going to live the life I live and keep it simple and be easy. And to me, I was just like, oh, that's also very valid. I think I've so been around so many people who are just wanting to make an impact and leave a legacy and do this thing that I forget, like, there's people like simplicity. And to me, I was just like, and I think Kate didn't enjoy that. Toby, I heard it as well. Toby, I heard it as well. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I didn't know if that was, yeah, I heard it as well. And I was just like, I heard it. Toby, don't worry, I'm with you. I heard it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. But I heard yeah. it. But continue. Continue. It's not anything you. <laughs> it, it's something you did, but it's not. Some, anyway, basically, me and Eden need help and some yeah. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you need some Jesus. I said simplicity. Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. It's it's interesting. Like that's how some people are also just like it's comfortable and it's and it's safe, but it's okay. Um, but for me, I was just like, nah, I would definitely be the rando where I'm just like, nah, I got to go out and I got to change the world and I got to get out of here and I got to see everything and make a moment. And, you know, <laughs> where I'm just like, I know even when I come home and had in those, have some of those conversations with my friends and they're just like, yeah, the same thing happens every day. Like we go to our job, we have to do this, we have to do this. And like, I like it. It's simple. It's familiar. It's this. Now, Kate's not enjoying that, but mm. I think that's something where she was just like, even when she was just like, Kevin's going to go on to be the poster boy. And if we die here, Randall at least be valid Victoria. And like there, she's assigning things where the other, where she thinks she'll just be like other. Mm. Right. 
And so even in that line in itself, I was just like, oh, she wants to see something more. She wants to do this. But I also understand like where that was at. Cause I said my first year out of college, I went home and I said, oh, this cannot be real life every single day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want 20 years to go by. And I'm just like, I've been, I walk my kid in the same direction every day. I mm-hmm. go to the same bar. I see the same people. They tell the exact same stories. And when did life hit pause? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think like Kate's experience right now is like, did my life hit pause and do I have purpose? And does my purpose have to be this big thing or can my purpose be simple? Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, for me, as I was watching that, I was just like, everybody's purpose is different, but people sometimes avoid purpose. So at least they can live a simple life. And it's mm-hmm. not saying that they're going to fail at it, but like there's safety in just being, and there's potential for failure in having this grander purpose. Cause I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to leave this world without leaving a legacy and leaving a proper impact the way that I want to. And if I don't, did my life mean anything? So I signed my purpose and my legacy with, you know, <laughs> did I do anything in this world? Mm. And yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Like when I was listening to Kate and hearing how she's watching everybody else's life go while she's forgetting to like look at herself and also go with her life. Mm. So Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, and, you know, that is a massive challenge with regards to, you know, letting go of expectation or at least kind of um, trying to figure out what you should be expecting to begin with. Um, But I think the approach to purpose is really interesting. And there's a lot of like spiritual um, approaches to purpose with regards to, you know, your purpose could have been a conversation that you've had and you've already completed it and, you know, changed the life of the next person who then goes on to do the great thing. Um, so I think it's interesting because we live in a in an era of trying to make it in so many different avenues. Like your your face can be on so many different platforms in so many different countries and very easily now, although it's not like, you know, crackable, not everyone can do it. And, you know, there's complications and politics behind why certain people and social and social groups can't get across the world. Um, I do think Kate really talking about how she didn't really know or she doesn't really know what her future looks like. She doesn't have a picture of it was really important to most people. Um, because I think I feel like the slogan for our generation, and I don't really hear it as much as fake it till you make it. I, don't, I feel like that saying has completely been eradicated. Now I don't really hear it as much now. Um, so when it comes to her not knowing what she wants to do, and you've got Kevin and you've got Randall who by comparison you know, we later find out they actually don't know what they want to do either. Like Randall was in a, in a, what was he like a weather um, trader or something like that. And he hated that and had a breakdown and, you know, he decided that wasn't for him and he changed his life's purpose and decided to go into politics. And, you know, Kevin is Kevin and went into act. He went into football (laughs) that failed. He went into acting. It's not going in the direction that he wanted to, and I think just kind of, this is this is why the show is so great because it's, it gives real accounts, like it gives very human accounts of the reality for some people because you know some people do get that life and they they do know what they want to do from when they're you know very young and they do it and they love it and they continue doing it the rest of their life. Um, but it does bring into question, you know, when we should know, and I use should very lightly because I don't like using the word should, but when we 
should know because I can't think of another word right now what to do and I have to give look I critique Gary Vaynerchuk till the cows come home and I will do it till I die but um yeah but one thing that he I would say he's definitely helped me understand as I was kind of watching his content when I was younger is you know early 20s even 18 17 is very young like we still got a lot of life to live when we're in our late 30s late early 40s all of the above like you know commitments will change and everything why is Alex's face doing this but um there's still a lot of life to live and it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to know our purpose right now and I think that's what that particular scene where Kate was talking about she doesn't know what she want to do and in comparison to what we later see and the way she interacts with you know her students and all of the above we see her purpose is connecting um and we see it growing and blossoming and it's really beautiful okay Alex do your thing go on do your thing speak well I seem to remember that when I said this exact same thing about Kevin getting married early at 19 it was a oh you can't say that that's his thing no I'm like, no it's the exact same thing no it's not though. it's not something. because what now you were saying you are out here cheated ruined <laughs> up the nuptials what what i recall you saying sideways, like a waste man <laughs> what i recall you saying and correct me if i'm wrong is that he was of course <laughs> of course it wasn't gonna work he was like too young to like make that type of decision. That's what I recall you saying. Yeah, of course it wasn't. No, but I, that's that's not similar to what I'm saying. Though. I'm not saying that you yes. can't be young and make a decision about your future. I'm saying that if you can't make a decision whilst you're young, it's okay because you've got a, li- a lot of life left to live. Mm-hmm. He feels like it, that's the thing about Kevin. Man. At this, at, in this, remember that when they were sitting there at the pool and they were like, and. Kate was like, you've met the love of your life. You've met the love of your life. You've already ruined your Yeah, I, I even looked at my dad and I was like, raw. Like, Kate is moving. <laughs> you've, you've made the love of your you've met the love of your life already. And Randall just had to do it. You know, them black them, them black blushes where they just yeah. move to the side. And um Kevin's already ruined yours. And I'm just like, wow, of your life? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like wow like and if anything we have seen that in the process of this of this series of this show that these things will happen more than once Mm. because anything can happen Mm. so this is why I always look at it and I think to myself like obviously yeah make your decision make your choice make your do what you've got to do but at the same time when it when when it when it gets down to it, we have no idea where life is going to take you. So, making such—I mean, I'm not to say that you shouldn't have made the decision, but it's the expectation mm. that, that he held for himself at such a at such a young age is a very very cruel thing to do to yourself. Mm. And that's what we all have at, at 18, 19, 17, 18, 19 typically. And I think that that was something that really showed up for me in that moment because we hold that burden of expectation. And I'd like to think that should he, should Jack have been alive, he probably wouldn't have got married to her. I would like to think that, but who knows? That's probably preempting. That's probably preempting and 
throwing my own thing into the storyline, into the script, and just. How did we get here? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm just. I'm, I'm just with you on there. that, though. But Alex. you know, like. Yeah. I agree with you. Totally. Go on, Toby. Um, I'm sorry. Can we make these black hands that we put up, please? Because this whole. You, yellow I don't know emoji, how to do it. Right? Okay. Do you know why I reacted that way? It's because I've been trying to do that. Mm. So I was like, if anyone comments mm. the fact that my emoji it was always going to be not... me that commented. So I was literally just like, someone's going to comment mm. and I'm not going to like it. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't like it because I tried hard. It's just, it's ironic. Me and technology just doesn't go. Uh, I'll, try, I'll show you how to do it after. Thank you very much. Thank you. Because I don't no want to be embarrassing myself. It's okay. People. I'm your resident Zoom expert. Thank you. Thank you. I find this is going to be, uh, but anyway, I find it interesting. Um, I, find, I found it very interesting how, you know, Kate was very much like, oh, I don't know how my life's going to turn out, blah, blah, blah. And there was like slight mentions of Jack. And this is completely different to what everyone else was saying, but this has been on my mind. And I think I briefly mentioned it before. Jack finally feels dead in This Is Us. Jack finally feels dead. When Jack is mentioned in whatever time zone, he feels dead. Even when he's on screen, when Milo is on screen, he feels dead. And more and more, this show feels like it is becoming the Rebecca Pearson show. And it was always the Rebecca Pearson show. And it's almost like Hamilton. If anyone's watched Hamilton, this is going to be a spoiler if you haven't. But it's like you think the show is about Alexander Hamilton. And then it ends and you're like, hold on. It was actually about his wife, wife. Eliza Hamilton. And more Eliza. 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 <laughs> and Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is happening more and more. Um, even how this trilogy kicks off for each person. Obviously, we're going to see it happen for Randall. The theme is Rebecca being like, live your life. Um, and that is, you know, letting Jack rest as well, because they're like, you people have been holding your life since Jack has died. 40 years. Okay, I'm adding years, but um, you know, it's been many, many moons, 40 nights, 40 days. And, uh, you know, like obviously grief is very serious, and that's the mm. reality of grief. Um, but it's like they've let Jack rest. Um yeah, yeah. it's like they've let Jack rest, yeah. and Jack is resting. And just in time for them to go through the next nine years before Rebecca does pass on. They've got nine years to kind of like, well, I don't know how her illness will progress, but she will pass on in in nine nine years time. Um, But I found I just I just wanted to kind of like hug Kate in that moment, even though she was like it it may have appeared like self-pity when she was just like, I don't see a future. blah blah. that's a reality for a lot of people at that age after you leave school because everything was structured and it was like after year nine you do year 10 you know if you're in America after ninth grade you do 10th grade after this you do that and that kind of happened to me when things didn't happen in the order that I thought they would when I didn't finish uni at 21 and I was like whoa I my life is way behind everyone else's and then I didn't finish uni at 22 and I was like okay what is going on here how can I fail uni so many times I have so much catching up to do and I I think that's how I lived my life up until I was about 25 26 because I was like I need to work hard because I missed out on like two three years because I didn't do university the way that was expected um 
I got to like 26 and I said, I can't come and kill myself, which is collo- mm. as a colloquial term. Because I remember I said that at work one time. They were like, oh, Toby, don't kill yourself. I was like, well, no, it's like, an, I was like, oh. anyway, so I just have to explain. It's, it's colloquial. It's not as serious as it seems. Mm. But it's like, I can't, you know, can't, I can't say it any other way. I can't come and kill myself. Work yourself um, to the bone. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, thank you for the English English. Because <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> I was using Nigerian English. I can't work myself to the bone. And it's good to see that. Kate finally got to a point in where she's like I have lived a full life and that's where we get to adult Kate where adult Kate is talking to Toby and she's in present Kate's is you know kind of like seeing how we see how her life is and Toby's life is and my question is to you guys who was right and who was wrong Kate or Toby Marquise before you start please please. well I I might surprise you this episode. Oh, okay. So Alex was going to speak before I did. So, Alex. <laughs> Can I ask a... Oh, okay, go on, go on. Go on, ask your question. You didn't ask it. All right, so this, is, this isn't to do with that, but I just need to... I need to answer this. And then, Marquise, I think this is what we were both like... Did we get a reference there? Do you know the Fight Club reference? There was a scene where um, Kate and... Toby are standing at a window yep. and outside the window there are the buildings. Was that the reference? You got okay, it. I, you I got thought it. I clocked that. I thought I clocked Why? that. I thought that I clocked is... that because they were hinting at, so if you, okay, this might be a spoiler. If you haven't seen yeah. Fight Club, the, 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 film, the, the film has been out for long enough. This was a spoiler. It's been it's out right. for damn near 30 years. Go. I know, let's not spoil the main thing because it's a great no, movie. I don't want to ruin that experience. It's a popular anyone. culture reference. They, right? They ruined it in the first minute when her and Madison were talking. It's true. If you oh, yeah, that's true. Seat, that's yeah, true. That's true. So in in um, Fight Club, they blow up the. Was it what? Where is it? What did they blow up? Uh, I forget what they. Blew it's like up. the student. It's like where all the, the student loans and stuff like is. Yeah. Um. And in This Is Us, there's a shot where they're standing by the window, and I think the building is in the shot, or there's like the shot of the like shot. similar buildings. And I was like, that is very smart. It's like very, it's symbolizing how their relationship is kind of like going to tumble in a very similar type of way. Um, So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Um, But yeah, Alex, you were going to say something. Sorry. I just had to get off my chest. um, Toby's question. Mm -hmm. Who was right or who was wrong with regards to what, Toby? Mm, I mean, just answer, yeah. Just answer in the way that you feel you need to answer. I mean, I know what my answer is. Um, I know my answer. Yeah. Uh, should I share my answer? So, oh, share your answer. Yeah. Uh, my answer is um, in this situation, in their argument, and in them trying to navigate their future. I don't think anybody was wrong. Um, and usually, I would be like, somebody was wrong, and I admittedly tend to pick the woman's side. I do that. It's it's my toxic um, trait, but, but I have never really tried to change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no shame. It's okay. Don't be shame about it. No, no, no shame. Um, but I don't think anyone was wrong um, in this situation. I I remember when Beth and Randall had their argument, and I was like, I know who I think is wrong and right. I was like, Randall is wrong. Uh, see the running theme there, um, but. <laughs> here i was just like no like 
there's nobody wrong and it's sad to see how it seems like there's no other option but divorce and I've never seen that on TV before usually it's just like someone is like I don't want to be married anymore and that's it but it is because Toby's growing in a healthy direction in a happy direction Kate is growing in a very healthy direction in a happy direction and it so happens that those two directions are just not their paths aren't aligning anymore and you can there's there's no doubt that they love each other and that was evident in in the episode that they were doing things to make things work for them Toby's like the only way we're gonna work is if I'm happy and I get to stay here because this is where I'm finally happy and I get my family to be with me but Kate is like a core part of my growth is in LA a poor part of like my purpose and how I'm raising Jack which is clearly a big part of her identity and a big part of her day-to-day she's like I can't change that I'm finally living a full life and before she was just chasing after Kevin doing this working at a diner doing she wasn't fulfilled and she is Mm -hmm. now so I'm just like nobody was wrong there were some things that I saw Toby doing I was like "Mm -hmm." like why did you why did you go and view the house without her and do all of that and why did you turn down the job um we still don't know how much yeah yeah Um, we still don't know how much I bet it was the same damn price mm well like 1k less like what's that 1k less a year is like what 10 pounds I'm bad at maths but it's like what like 10 pounds a month is is nothing um I'd be be very surprised if they didn't pay you more in LA than San Francisco I think because it's tech because my little brother's into tech San Francisco is more expensive Silicon Valley's there yeah Silicon Valley oh yes yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah so yeah for that reason Okay, so if we're talking about the whole thing, um, I just have to give—I just have to give it up to Kate for looking him dead in the eye and being like, <laughs> "So, you've not answered my question." <laughs> and I was just like, "I was like, I was, I was like, okay, is getting a backbone," but um, it's that whole thing. I think Marquise mentioned it. It's one of you mentioned it, but I—I I feel like it was Marquise. But when everything had been everything had been decided for kate everything had been decided for her and you know the house that was in san francisco was she had never seen it before but the man knew her name knew her children's name the you know him being because it's i feel like i feel like once you kind of clock that and realize you know we don't want to walk up this hill so we're gonna have to catch the, the cab because you can't walk up this hill is basically what he said to her because you because you need a lot of support basically what he's saying to her and I feel like Toby's definitely in I felt like Toby was definitely in the wrong in that he the the way that he kind of came about it was quite manipulative he, he wanted to show her the the brilliant sights of the city, the this and the other things, the life that they could have, the monetary value, his status, all of that stuff. How he can, you know, go to the like to the parties and meet the bosses, and how everybody loves him and they love him here and all this stuff. And then the house, like you know, the house was already there, and you know everything. Everything was great and fantastic, 
and then he could say yeah like all of you move here and in this house i've also considered your mother so there's the grandmother thing at the back and i felt like that's that's and i felt like that that's how it felt to me watching it and i was like why are you doing all this and then so it feels manipulative because then when kate found out that there wasn't that there was a job offer before that she wasn't consulted on doesn't mean that she would have said no but that she wasn't consulted on it as big decisions for their lives all the things that he hadn't considered jack being blind new baby you know all these different things her mum being close and all of this different stuff um all of these things that she felt he hadn't considered in the way that she would have they would have had that conversation had he brought it to her I don't think he's in the wrong for his intentions. I think he's in the wrong for how he, for how that, how it, how he handled that in general. Because even when the next morning, when he gave her the coffee and they were talking, you know, before she walked up the hill mm-hmm. and he said to her, he, he started off with an apology of just kind of, you know, how you know Toby is, he just talks, he talks. And then by the end of it, it was like, the family will not work if we do not come here. An ultimatum. He basically gave her an ultimatum mm-hmm. and basically said that and basically said that you the, the, the decision is basically you have to move here. And I was like, that is not, and I was like, that's not right because you've already taken away so many choices away from her already. And then you expect it to just kind of all be okay in the end because she loves me and I have two children with her and it just doesn't cut it because if you because you've disrespected her and that's where multiple times multiple times and I was just like that's why I said I can't I can't get with I can't get with Toby in this I can't like I understand his motives I understand his intentions I understand how they were pure in their nature but it's the way he, it's just the way he went about it. It's the way he went about it. And it was very underhand. It was very shady. It was very mm. like, let's keep all these secrets from her. She'll be fine. She won't question it. She won't do all of this stuff. Mm. And he had his own demons. But ultimately, I don't know anybody who would, who would you know, I guess she wanted the old Toby and he was relying on the old Kate. And I just, yeah, man, I, I couldn't get with, I couldn't get with it, Toby. And it was this scene that's in my display pick here that I was like, I was like, look at, I was like, look at, look at your face, your stupid face. <laughs> but I, I, I empathized with him because I got it. Yeah. He wants his family near him. And he talks about his value and all of this stuff. But I was like, nah, man, the way you're going about it is, is a bit, it's a bit left. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I don't see it as a who is wrong situation. Um, they both have their own individual expectations for life. And, you know, what I really valued from their conversation was the fact that Toby humanized himself. And I feel like that's something that was part of the issue. Kate had this thing about, I fell in love with you when you were like this. And Toby said, well, the person you fell in love with, the thing you fell in love with was a coping mechanism. Hmm. I hated myself. Mm. Like, 
And, you know, I spoke about this last episode and I was like, I take issue with this. You know, I love the old version of you. I take issue with that because um, what I said was we don't know if Toby actually liked himself to begin with. And, you know, Toby actually said that in this episode. He said, I didn't like myself. I made these jokes. I dressed like a clown. I wasn't respected in my career, in my job and all of the above. And I feel like that conversation was very much needed because Alex said this very early on in the podcast where it was like, they have a trauma bond. And what happens is once one person gets better, the other person's looking at you like, what's going on here? Like you've changed. You're not who I thought you were. But what's actually happened in this situation is it's two people who have make, have gone through some form of a transformation and they're now going in separate directions. Um, I think all of the things that we're calling underhanded and they were underhanded because Kate didn't know about it. It's to do with the fact that Toby has become a man that lives by appointments now. I think he he moves with the flow of his calendar and it's a very unemotional way of interacting with the world and I think that's where the clashes were it's not that the intention was and Alex just literally said this but I'm just saying this to clarify my point it's not that the intention was to necessarily hide this from Kate it was the fact that it was on his to-do list it was on one of his things to do for the week or to really make his situation more realistic um it was selfish it was selfish because you know he's assuming what she wants what their family want but I think when he gets into the actual financial history of it which I think kind of was to symbolize like like heart versus head Toby was saying do you know how much it costs to raise a disabled child or a, a child with special needs in LA have you done the calculations have you actually worked out how much it costs to send them to this school um what about if they want to move out and all of the above and then Kate communicated from like an emotional place I haven't worked out the numbers but I've worked out a way for our child to navigate this world anyway and you know we, we taught him a song in order for him to get around the neighborhood and get to the park and um that whole clash was a result of Toby thinking future-based and Kate being very much rooted in the present and um I think it's interesting because we as men like we do this a lot when it comes to thinking about the future I've had conversations um and like seen fathers be like really worked up about the future of like their child for example and where they're going to live and you know this neighborhood that neighborhood and all the above and then emotionally disconnect and I just find it very interesting that they they worked that into this conversation because I don't think the intention is to necessarily paint someone as a good or a bad person. Mm. I think it's just the reality of what happens in life um, with regards to you meet someone, you fall in love, and you're both in that moment of falling in love. But at some point, there might be a situation where you realize there's you can't go any further with this person. And I think like in society, we're always taught that in breakups and relationships, there's always a bad person. There's always someone that's done wrong and therefore we have to hate that person and all of the above. But I think this has really showed what an actual 
separation looks like. They're not, they don't hate each other. It's that they can't work together. They can't live together. And I think that's very realistic. I think it's very, very realistic. Um, so I thought that the, the argument was perfect. Um, and when I say perfect, it was very realistic. Toby, every single time was asked about <laughs> the amount in LA, he took a sip of his wine <laughs> every single time. And um, Kate was surprised by some of the things that she was hearing. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts about um, that argument and that interaction in particular. Marquise, go on. Good, I'm glad you know you got to put give him a soft little land. And now we can talk about this little bitch boy and why he was getting on my nerves. So um, let's be oh. very clear. This is the second time that he decided to take some job oh, without wow. consulting Kate. And now oh. he denied a job without consulting Kate. This is the second time he's done that. So he ain't shown no growth between wow. then and now. And it's showing that he's still inconsiderate. God damn. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Secondly, you already had this whole thing planned out for her. I am tired of things just happening to Kate and he should know that things just tend to happen to her. And guess what he chose to do, which makes him an inconsiderate partner because you're also not paying attention to that. Your, your wife, this is the second time you were just like, oh, well, I planned this out. I already sent this limo for you. We've already sent this. You got to go. Because at this point, I'm glad you know, because at this point we are noticing, like, this is the thing that I, I they already know my, my habits. He got to go. I <laughs> so I'm sitting here because it's just a recurring theme and a good job to the writers for like dripping this in. And it's been such a slow drip. Every single time Toby has interacted with Kate, whether he's visiting, he's always either said, I'm going to send a car for you. Oh, well, actually, I already planned this out for us. Oh, I already think we should be doing this. He's already trying to mold her throughout this entire season that we've been seeing her and essentially groom her to start living in a very particular lifestyle. He has literally been trying to take over her life. And she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've been doing this thing. I've been here raising these kids. I've known how to raise a disabled child. And also I've been working at a school of other blind children. So I can also understand, yes, there are financial things that I have to consider. And I've been doing this day to day. So for you to have the audacity to be like, I'm giving you that ultimatum by the end of this. Nah, you're bugging, bro. So to me, I'm just like, he, nah, because he really made me mad. Because I'm just like, Toby's been having these bad habits more and more. And it's just becoming, he's in consideration for everybody around him. It's not just Kate. It's an in consideration for the fact that he still don't even got boundaries at work. Why were you on a call when y'all was at the john? How often are you actually talking to your kids? How often are you actually fully making in that effort when Kate's mm-hmm. also just like, yo, like, I want you to, there's something about you being physically present. And I'm oh, sorry, Alex laughing. He... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm loving all of this because I'm like, yes, Buckies, tear off oh, that little because top of he, hair on his head. Because that one little, choo, choo, gotta go, like, bro. <laughs> So it's, it's just been bothered because it's been bothering me because I'm just like, now y'all know, now I'm out here rooting for Kate, but I'm just like, his behavior has been atrocious. And yes, I understand it's part of it is humanizing him and growth also means that not everybody's going to come with you in that growth spot. However, when you're still in a committed ass relationship, there's still spaces where you need to be considerate of your partner. And for you to think that you're going to tell her exactly what she needs to do and say, if you don't do this, then this family's not going to work out. <laughs> you're chopped. You got to go. <laughs> like you're bugging. 
So yeah, we're gonna work out this co-parenting thing. You still gonna give me my bread, and you still gonna <laughs> <laughs> give me the child support. Child support is what it's gonna look like if you want to make all these buku dollars, and that's what you're more concerned about right now. I'm not saying cool, I understand. <laughs> like that's what you're gonna do. Cool, you're so happy about that money, but you're actually not even showing up in an emotional space for you for your family because now all you're thinking about is logically. You need to be out here in order for us to do this and do this and do this. But what you're not seeing is the community that was being built around your children. You're not seeing the fact that this neighbor hate this song that Kate is singing to ensure that her son knows how to get from point A to point B because he's familiar with the area. So you know that, being to be a- fair. Okay, it's, I know he didn't know it, but it's still just like but these he, are the things. But why doesn't he know that? That's because he's not there. No, no. But why doesn't he? Why does he not know that? Because he's not present. No, no, he's not physically present but he's not emotionally present he's not emotionally present understand. because mm. how does he not he doesn't know that there are things and and, that, and this is what kate was saying like i think two or three episodes ago he's like if you don't trust me to feed my children feed our children sorry the way that like in a healthy way and the fact that you don't know that is a problem Mm. And you know what? And obviously, Honestly, he comes in and interrupts and is like, "Yeah, we gotta talk right now." Blah blah blah. blah. No, Marquise is and animated. Does. Oh my god! Nah, because I'm gonna be honest, this is the second part that pissed me off is when he tried to play her at her job. I'm sorry, weren't you sitting Ooh, there yes. jobless due to the pandemic, and she <laughs> had to take the job because you acted like you want to be such a man about it? But mm-hmm. guess whose bills? Guess who was paying your bills? Tell him about it. You was looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That nah, little low wage <laughs> job that you thought? Yeah, that was rude. Uh, you want to stop trying to play because he did the same thing to Kevin last episode. You sleep on the couch. You, you think I'm taking advice from you? You think your job is going to su- support us? Nigga, that... Ooh, sorry. I tried what? not to say that. He is, he is I lucky. I he is know. lucky. I he is know. lucky. He is lucky. He is lucky. is not one of them people that would dash, that would just dash to him. Oh, There's my God. One cop with like one, not, one, tin not, of bite, one tin of beans. Every, not Marquis doing Booker T. Possible. <laughs> I, I was upset, y'all. So yeah, so I and also I was just like, don't be trying to play teachers. We're not making that break too. <laughs> but it just that part did bother me because I'm just like he's becoming classist in the way that he's talking. But through him becoming after classist one, after three months, hmm, I said, not you trying to be the new rich, <laughs> <laughs> new rich, <laughs> new rich. I don't know what you guys look. So yeah, I had a lot to say because that whole situation bothered me, and I'm just like, sometimes I get it. Like they're. They both have their own things and they're growing apart, obviously, and we know what's yeah. to come. But I think in this moment, he's been looking down at the people around him because they're not in the tech space. They're not making mm. as much money as him. They're not doing this. So yeah, maybe it is him experiencing socioeconomic shock and him not knowing how to adjust to these things because that's a very real thing. Mm. I live this life now and I don't want to let that go. I make this much money now because this money also symbolizes on. who, I, who I am now and where I don't want to go back to. Mm. So anything that's a below six figures is me going back to old Toby. Mm. Anything below this money grade is me going back to old Toby, right? So I understand the fear. I understand where that's coming from. But the way that you are isolating everybody and looking down on everybody around you and not being emotionally present for your family, now that's something I'm not respecting. So mm. that's where I was at in that whole thing. I, tr- you know, I try to give him a little bit of tender love and care about the end of it. Eden. is that the but, part that you said you'd surprise me with <laughs> i thought you were gonna come in here and be on on toby's side i was yeah, like no because okay. i the only the only spot where i was like genuinely on toby's side was when he had to fully acknowledge like hey this thing might not work if we can't do this like i think that was a very real and the most honest statement that he made i don't like that it was coded in kind of a manipulation and ultimatum mm-hmm. 
but mm. I think it was something that had to be fully pulled off of just like, oh, we have to acknowledge that this thing has not been working for a couple of months now. Mm. Like that part is the conversation I think people are scared to have. And that's why they're butting heads because neither one wants this thing to fizzle out. They both mm. want this to work, but it, it's just not. So that's the frustration. That's why they have the same fight over and over and over again is because we don't want to acknowledge the fact that we're both in different spaces and our acknowledgement of us being in different spaces means that we have to show up for each other completely differently, but we have kids that we have to take care of. So let's move into this co-parenting model. But I don't think now that they get there, what does the other side look like? And we don't know what that is for them. And they don't know what that is. And that's the, I think that's the deeper part of their frustration with each other Mm. is because you're just like, damn, we're physically in two separate places. But now that we've both grown into living a happy life and a healthier life away from each other, away from each other we talked about it they built their bonds off of trauma and now that they're both kind of starting to unpack that and finding their own purposes they don't align and that's okay but don't let it be in a space where now it's going to be combative every single time i see you there's an argument every time i see you cool it was beautiful for what it was at this time we need to find out where we both go separately from here even if we wanted this picture perfect happy home nuclear family whatever this thing looks like but right now it's not me leaving where I'm familiar with you not leaving a space that you're new to. So if that's the case, acknowledge it, name it, process through it and keep it pushing. Cause you don't want that energy on your kids. So he pissed me off. He still pisses me off. I'm still not a Toby fan this season. He can go, but I've not, I've not, I've not enjoyed Toby this season. Yeah, he's just I, been I, so I found him, I found him like every episode to be insufferable and there was a quote that I remember reading um, It's by, on, a, on an Instagram account that deals with, that does a lot of men's work. Um, one of the few that I read that are actually good. Um, he was like, okay. he was like, when he's like, when is that quote, when a nice guy um, starts to take up space in a relationship and the partner that he's with doesn't like that he's taking up space in that relationship, it's because he's presented he presented for so long in the early phases of a person he doesn't take up space in a relationship and that's not what they were signed up for in that's not what they signed up for what do you mean to go into the relationship with so as somebody okay in the example of toby um toby was as he said the happy-go-lucky the colorful the the guy who would obviously cheer things up, um, kind of, you know, give you the, the spontaneity of life and be that fun uncle that you all that we all have or something like that. And he didn't necessarily believe that in himself. So when he started to change and when he started to quote unquote go through his process and understand that that was not him, and once he you know secured the secured the gal, <laughs> quote unquote, and they both began to experience life together. And, you know, when he started going to the gym and started doing that, and started kind of taking that time for himself, becoming secretive, becoming reclusive, finding those things in his way, in his own way, he, it was not what Kate signed up for. She didn't sign, like, as part of a relationship, it's an unwritten agreement, I would imagine. Like, you know, it's like they'd signed up to be together, to consistently make each other happy and do all these different things. But he made a drastic change. And in that change, she is looking at it and thinking, why? This is not what I signed up 
for and this is not what i expected it to be and uh, that's basically and that's basically what has happened i'm confused situation. why what are you confused about now that why that why was very toby damon-esque <laughs> mm. what are you confused about well why i'm just you, I'm, I'm, I'm okay about what i said i alex said it again <laughs> i'm struggling to it's less of a confusion and it's more me just trying to understand what you're saying exactly when you say she didn't sign up for this and that he's taking up space the, the toby the the toby wait my question so taking up space in the relationship with regards to him <laughs> waiting for the question to be honest. yeah i know i'm gonna say it um so with regards to toby and the way that he presented as this happy-go-lucky person and then he entered the relationship what do you mean by taking up space specifically with regards to Kate? I was relating the intention of the quote to the experience of what's happened. She did not sign up for this Toby. So but, when, so when, so when, when she's experiencing the old Toby and they're going through what he watches, they're going through the clothes he wears, they're going through all this stuff, and it's like, who is this guy? This guy is boring. This guy is black and white. This guy is rigid. This guy is not fun anymore to, for her and I think, to be with. And I think she's also I'm, grieving too. Exactly. She's grieving an old version of somebody. A lot of him. Yeah, because that's what we, we all grew to love Toby. We are all just like, we love this guy. We love this. And thinking from an audience member. But we also have to understand in growth comes grief. That's going to happen because now... I have to adjust to this new person and it's either I have to adjust to you and I want to adjust to you or it's so such drastic of a change that I I didn't have time to fully process like who you are now and like it sucks because you're just like this person I've known so long and I feel like I don't know who you are anymore I don't even know how to approach you I don't know how to talk to you because you're so different and I don't think that it's necessarily like this isn't what I signed up for more so of just like who you are now isn't somebody I can love because that's not where I'm at either. I can't love this person who's so self-centered. I can't love this person that you've turned into. And that's all a part of evolution. It's Mm. all part of that. There, there are friends I've grown up with and it's nothing negative that ever happened, but I'm just like, yo, I, this version of you does not align with who I am now. And that's okay. Now, is it complicated because they have a family? Yeah, it complicates it a little bit, but I think there's space to have grace for the fact that both of them are going to grieve the people who they were and who they grew into together. But now you have to, yo, we're not that anymore. And I think that's just, that's difficult. I'm just like, change is inevitable. People change. It's a matter of like how you deal with that change that it may work for some people. But I think foundationally, and there's a difference because I think about um, Beth and Randall, they foundationally they've always been strong so it didn't matter if like oh well randall wanted to pivot in his career beth felt like she was being overshadowed by randall that foundation was there so they're not going to break but foundationally kate and toby never had their own foundation kate could barely imagine her future until she was sitting there and called picked up the phone and called her old boss like she was just like i don't know she didn't have that purpose so for me, watching this and just listening to you two, it's just like, 
I think there is space to have that, but change is always going to be drastic when you didn't have your morals that you could fall back on, what you wholeheartedly believe in to be true to your character. They didn't know themselves enough and their foundation was not there in order for them to be like, this is who I am at my core. We found out who Toby is at his core when he got money. (laughs) We find out who Kate is at her core when she has this job and she feels like she knows what she's doing now. They both did not know who they were at their core. So they got versions of each other that were incomplete without foundation. But now they're starting to see it. Hey, foundationally, it's nah, bro. It's not it. So it's not there. So entering into those, entering into that partnership, that's why, and that's why she longs for that. And I think we see that level of longing in a lot of relationships that are long term anyway. When we look at marriages or parents or something i'm in my my experience anyway there's this longing for the person that they met if they've drifted apart um, there's this longing for what they were like when they were early parents or you know we always we, i think even as individuals we have this longing for I don't know for me, I'm like, sometimes I long for those those long summers when they're 14 and I'm reading books and time is just slowed down completely. And it's just one of those things that we, we, we long for. We long for the things that we've, that we've, that, that we've long missed and passed, passed us. So, and it just becomes even more complicated when more and more people are involved in that. So I found that really interesting. Mm. Toby is, um, Toby's going through his stuff, but the next part of it, the next phase of his life does not involve Kate. Right. And that has to be okay. Mm, interesting. Everything that everyone said reminds me of Beth and Randall. I know it sounds weird because everyone knows I love Beth and I'm, I'll bring Beth into anything. But I've said time and time again that one of my favorite episodes on This Is Us was the R and B episode when Beth and Randall had that big explosive fight. And I was just thinking how intense Beth and Randall's fight was in comparison to what I would call it was a conversation between, uh, sorry, uh, between Toby and Kate. Felt like it was a conversation more than a massive fight. And I think Beth and Randall had a fight, a blowout, because there's similar situations they had two different dreams, different locations. They needed to make it work. Um, and it was straining their relationships and their relationship. Similar thing with Beth and uh, with Kate and Toby. But I think with Beth and Randall, they were fighting to find a resolution together. And that was quite clear um, as they were going back and forth. And th- they were throwing insults. Like it was intense. And I was like, ooh. But. Whereas with Toby and Kate, I think from the beginning of their conversation, they could identify that we can't go back to our old selves and this together that we have to find in a resolution together kind of has to be together but alone, together but separately, together but co-parenting in different cities, Like, which is why I think they both accepted that there wasn't another option but to maintain the best version of themselves because yeah like if you have to pick between life and death like it almost felt like it was it is life and death for toby and uh kate 
because um, Toby said that he was literally the old version of me was on the verge of having a heart attack. Well, damn, I actually did one of those things as he's so dramatic, but also true. And also mentally, they were both unhealthy. Um, and I think when you compare it to Beth and Randall, it, it makes it more and more obvious that they just didn't have another choice. And whenever I watch divorce on TV, a part of me is always like, and this is why this episode is a little bit rattling. A part of me is always like, but this is a way you can resolve it. You can resolve it in this way or that way. Or I'm always like that when I watch divorce on TV, but here there is no resolution apart from somebody bending and bending would be to their detriment because Beth with the Beth and Randall episode, Beth decided to bend. Beth decided, I'm not going to do this schooling thing here in Pittsburgh. Let's just go to Philadelphia and I'll figure out what I want to do in Philadelphia. And it's working out wonderfully for her, but that's hindsight. Toby and Kate can't bend. Um, And yeah, just comparing, just thinking about Beth and Randall and how ugly their fight was and how I would say in comparison, Carmen and Toby and Kate's fight was, it's scary to i'm just thinking about myself i'm not married but i'm just thinking about like it's scary it's scary like one day i hope to be married and toby and kate didn't it wasn't because of laziness that their relationship didn't work out it wasn't for lack of trying in fact if anything they tried um yes toby's rude um but at one point kate was self-centered um at one point she had absolute victim mentality um but growth you know and watching toby and kate's relationship crumble is triggering yeah i agree i agree and i'm glad you put that into words because there is a sadness that i feel when kind of um thinking about the possibility of meeting someone and it feels so perfect and then it gets to a point where you realize actually we're growing in different directions and you know I need to kind of figure out what's what's best for me and you need to figure out what's best for you um and I always kind of this might just be a toxic trait of mine but when I when I watch things on tv and it's kind of played up quite a lot but when there's like a character that comes on tv and they're like oh this is my third marriage I'm always like you're third wow <laughs> like right okay um <laughs> But realistically, that, let me not wish this on myself, but that might be the case for people. Like, you know, getting married for a third time, getting married for a second time, fourth time, fifth time, trying to find your person. And I think this episode just really hit home that it's not all about um, blame. I think, you know, we get to a point in life where we realize that, you know, blame doesn't really always solve the issue especially if you want to stay together especially if you're in a situation that has room for growth Um, and that's why I feel sad I feel sad because you know these characters have been part of our lives for like what five years now five six years Mm. and watching them break up is like actually like slowly watching them break up is actually you know like watching people we actually know come to the end of a relationship except we've got the in and we can kind of see actually you know what he has a point actually you know what she has a point all of the above um but I love the way they've done it I love the way they've kind of create this 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 rock in a hard place situation 
and um we as an audience we're not like on one person's side and we're like actually well okay some of us <laughs> some of us are on one person's side yeah you can look up marquis hello how you doing um <laughs> but i love the fact that they've done it in a way that is very human i love you know i've realized i love argument scenes because i've been watching the the Me randall too. and beth arguments quite a lot and <laughs> and the are you argument... no 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 but the argument between um uh what's his name um malik malik's parents and randall and beth i love that scene i love it quality yeah beth said you tried it with me earlier kelly i'm gonna need you to not make that habit and i was like you know what (laughs) i need to write that down because that's genius i I need to write that down but um i love argument scenes because um even in my own life like at the moment i'm trying to write like an argument scene between a couple but i struggle to write like heavy hitters in arguments because i feel bad when i've written i'm like right like you're really gonna say that (laughs) behind the keyboard like right okay um but actually seeing this argument and understanding what it means to like say what you need to say and you know be really straightforward in your truth is quite inspiring at the same time because they're both being honest in the fact that they can't bend well toby is saying that you have to bend but they're saying this situation isn't working for both of us and we need to find a solution or actually not saying that at all um and i love the way just to end my point i love the way that we figure out um it's kind of like there's this big deal that toby's gone behind kate's back and like declined a job offer and then kate went behind toby's back and accepted one it's just like that parallel was very interesting and it kind of shows she doesn't really care anymore in a healthy type of way like in a way that she's like you know what I'm gonna live my life I'm happy and when she first voiced it and said I'm happy you could see there was like a and it's brilliant acting by the way to to Chrissy because she there was like actual relief in her face saying I'm happy and it was like a realization um she made it up the hill yep that he said she couldn't make it up so I'm gonna take you an uber up so even then, he had doubts in that and what she was able to do. He's probably thinking, Kate's going to go with me anyways, because what other choice does she have? Mm-hmm. But now she's taking a position that'll get her more money. And I was just like, that scene made me just like so happy for her. And this is outside of Toby. It made me happy for her because this is the first time we're witnessing Kate. We've seen it throughout the season, so I don't want to take that away from her because we're seeing her make decisions against, hey, mom, I don't think that we should actually have you with our kids by herself, and that's just due to safety. Hey. That's on Toby, though. That was Toby's. That yeah. Was Toby. That was, oh, also true. Oh, because he had she had to have a conversation with her. Because he couldn't make yeah. it. Because he couldn't. Alex, this face. No, you're right. But I think we've been seeing Kate... <laughs> talk up for herself more and more bless you we've been um seeing kate come into her own and make decisions and continue to do so and have the step up ever since the pandemic season so like was that season five season five season five we had to see her have to step up in ways that we weren't we didn't we didn't even know we were like girl you gonna do this you gonna be fine um so to me i was really excited um, to see her finally do that decision that ultimately gave her a financial gain 
if she's considered for it, which we I think she'll end up being getting it. But also for personally, when your purpose aligns with your job and your money and your family, I'm, I can't I can't take that away. Like I'm a yearn for that and hold that. So I I don't know. I was just happy that finally she's able to recognize what's right in front of her and is holding on to that as much as possible, which we can say on the flip side for Toby, but I'm hoorahing for Kate right now. The other one. <laughs> cool. So. Should we wrap it up there? Because I realized it's actually, we've been talking for about two hours and a bit now. Two hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to watch the trailer? Wow. Yeah, let's do it. How did they do that? Um, hold on one second. Let me... I can't lie, when I was watching the episode back and we got to the part where we were listening to the trailer, it sounded proper official, like when the trailer just faded into the episode. I was like, right, okay, this yeah, sounds amazing. I, I that oh, no, I, well. put it, I, put, I put it in. Oh, you put it in? Yeah. Oh, oh look at Labour. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is why Alex fights you, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you, I'm glad you see it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, whilst we're honestly, taking, you see I, I me, see you. yeah, okay. See you. Wait, whilst we're taking this break, please remember to rate the podcast and spread the love, share the episode with people who listen to the podcast. If you know any of the actors, you know, we still have time to interview and talk to them about stuff as mm-hmm. the season ends and stuff. And yeah, so yeah, cool. Go ahead, Alex. Can you hear it? Yeah, yep. Your dad died anytime I needed you, you were there. I've been trying to carry this family. I don't know if I'm doing it well. I told you, young Randall. You told him to stay away from me. Hey! I literally hate you. I just don't want to make any major life decisions with so much uncertainty in the family. No, 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 no. Play back, play back, play back, play back, play back, play back. No, 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 no. Play back. She said, I I knew that. Wait, but did she say in a comedic? Wait, hold on. No, play no, back, play no, back, play back. That she was meant not comedic. She, she wasn't even angry. That's what makes it worse. It was yeah, matter of fact. that's the scary part. Matter of fact. I thought something went down because you remember at the start of Kevin's episode, right, um, Kevin okay, goes... Okay. Yeah, but to, to be finish your point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin was said to Randall, ooh, it sounded like you had a tough night. And Randall was like, yeah, you know, being a parent of a teenager, you'll see that soon. And like Kevin kind of like joked it off, but I was like, that sounded serious. Oh, like, no. What Kevin heard an argument clearly. Mm, rough night, yeah. Rough night. It's not like a rough night with babies. It's a rough night with teenagers. That's mm. an argument. We not... remember. We have to remember on the Kyle journey there. Malik was acting funny. Yeah. And, and he yeah. Back and he was like. So it was uh, like I was like, did we miss something? Or but anyway, yeah. Woo. Here you go. One more time. Okay, one more time. When your dad died, any time I needed you, you were there. I've been trying to carry this family. I don't know if I'm doing it well. The thing about being the parent of a teenager. You told him to stay away from me. That is not good enough for you. I literally hate you. I just don't want to make any major life decisions with so much uncertainty in the family. This is us, the final chapter, next Tuesday, 9, 8 central. On it looks like the police were called also. Um, I think, one, I think so too, because that's yeah. actually what my anxiety was at the end of this last episode, which yeah. is like, are they, is Randy about to have the cops called on him? Yeah, I think the Because he was the first, he, remember, he was the first one out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also it was very remember, subtle. We also have to remember subtle. that Kevin is on the wall. So it's not even like 
what does that even like? What does that even look like if someone's pulling up? They're like, "Are you breaking in? Are you breaking out? Are you ch- yeah? Are you chasing are you the white man? The and why is this white girl behind the bar? Yeah, like, what, what are you happening? doing with these white people? Like, they're just yeah, I think they're like, are. what are you doing with these white people? But you are on the wall, like, <laughs> do you know what but I'm saying? Can we I also know. talk logistics? Yeah, just at the cabin. This is <laughs> this is the Virgo in me coming out, right? The way they climbed that thing, and they were suggesting that Kate climbs the thing. I was like, you guys are just doing stupidity. What should have happened is Kate, as Kevin should have gotten all fours. Kate should have got on his back, climbed the fence, and Randall should have been on the other side pulling her down. Yeah. I don't understand I what, I don't understand the logistics of going halfway, climbing over. It, it wouldn't work because, you know, Kate would have to climb. It, it, it just didn't seem like it was very, yeah. it didn't make sense in my head. But yeah, I think it was just set up. It doesn't make sense, but we needed to watch Kate just give up. It was I think, up. yeah. It was, just, yeah. It was, it was uh, her not being able to do it herself. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Yeah. she, she didn't stand the chance. She's much shorter. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was just like, that's a, well, that's dumb. Mm. What major life decisions is Randall talking about with in present day? Do you think he's about to go for presidency, governor? Uh, absolutely not. No, because he was refer- I thought he was referring to Deja. Yeah, same. Because I think mm. she's she's trying to move out there, isn't she? So I thought that's what. Yeah, she but might be that's referring what, to. he said. I, I don't want to make major life decisions with so much uncertainty. Does not sound like he's talking about Deja to me, oh, anyway. But okay. well, now that you guys have said it, yes, it could be about Deja. But I was thinking, like, what's Randall's next career move? And remember, in the five-year flash forward when Kate's getting married, we see that magazine spread spread out, like rising star Randall. Like it's not gonna be Councilman Ra- um, Randall in New York Times. Yeah, like why would a random like he's probably good you know, remember I remember Barack he thought he was Obama. Gonna be an author. Yeah, but he could have been an author, but it's given me Barack Obama times. I remember that time quite well, like twenty oh six, where it was just like this governor He's charismatic, might be going for president. Who was he before? Blah, blah, blah. It's given me that, really. Just Randall like, can't handle being president. <laughs> but maybe just maybe it's general. about being a I governor. But, yeah. Yeah, it would also be like a... I feel like it wouldn't really work in the story. Makes sense. Like, just seeing him propel to becoming the president, or at least running towards it, I just feel like as we're heading towards the end of the story, it just would be very unrealistic. To be in a gilet in some in, in the house at the in the flash forwards yeah he would have arrived with a secret no service. he yeah no but he wasn't president then but <laughs> know, you, know, like I, you know barack obama was able to move i i read becoming michelle it was when he was voted as president mm. when all of that turned up but before he was just moving you know living his life moving around no, absolutely um, but i think mean, after yeah. they but if you're thinking nine years down the line and if that's what he does as a, as a rising star and depending on where obviously Anyway, I don't even know. But as, I remember, as, as a hypothesis, yeah, no, but I remember to... Barack having like Barack, but um, good old Barry having about like five mm. years of being a rising star. It wasn't just overnight. It was the books, mm. you know, the other book, the second book, mm. the being a governor, being a charismatic governor, hanging around with these people, and then hey, I want to be president. That takes two years. Mm. Um, so I think it's possible, but that's just a theory. That's just a theory. Yeah. Oh, he's just an author. <laughs> yeah. I had a quick question just to end it on that note for me. But I also thought about the flash forward, we, flash forward we get of Toby. And I was just trying to think of how we link it to the end of this relationship. 
like what his future looks like because he's alone in a bed he seems depressed i remember seeing and i don't know if i'm saying that because i think when we saw that flash forward it was after and this is me just trying to recall it but i think it was after um the whole depression um him not being on his meds and all of the above i think that's when we first got a glimpse of that i, I think yes so. yeah it was um so i'm just trying to figure out like actually what do you guys think in terms of future toby does he look like he's in a happier place like where does he look because he where, when he arrives he's with no one so mm. what how do you guys decipher that he looked expensive um, and he looked ex- expensive and pete the colors that they used in that flash forward it was very monochromatic it was like your grays and it was very like neutral colors look at alex's background he's darker like the lighting on him is darker it is sadder to watch him every single time so even in that space of isolation to me if i'm just looking at based off the light and the colors that they've been using with toby he lost all color in his world he's mm-hmm. losing all color in his world so that's what i've actually been noticing specifically with like his clothing choices and the way that they've been lighting him this season and his flash forward now that you bring that up mm-hmm. he's been in isolation he's a little bit more like closed off but his lighting has been much darker um and dimmer a lot more of the time so that's just from a technical point and color theory that's what i've been looking at oh thank you for sharing that Mm. alex what about you what do you think i feel like he just arrives as um as a member of the extended family of the pistons he's no longer with kate and mm. he asks us if, if it's okay for him to be there. And they said, yeah, of course, why not? And that's just how it is. Like, I mean, you know, whether he has a partner who doesn't live with him is a, is one thing. Um, you know, he's just career focused, mm. just cracking on with that. Um, he said he spoke to Jack and they said they're on their way. Like, it's not, I, I just feel like it's just one of those things he probably can't, he probably won't love somebody the way he loved Kate. Mm-hmm. And he's just raising his, he's just co-parenting mm-hmm. with Kate. I just feel like, you know, what I mean, I don't know whether how much I don't know how much of that was to read into, to be perfectly honest. Um yeah. Okay. Personally. All right. Well, let's wrap up. Um so that's been this is we season six, episode um... episode nine. <laughs> um I've been Alex Holmes. Toby. Yeah. Oh, I just thought Alex had more to say. But we've um, given up. We've given. We given oh, okay. Up. Yeah. No, I, I did hear that in the last two episodes. I missed. Um, I've been Toby Rachel. Happy to be back. Uh, sad to say, I won't. Anyway, yeah. Happy to be back. Yeah. We missed you, Toby. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, this is Marquise Davon of the Rational Anger Podcast. Thank you all for listening and coming back another week. I appreciate you. And also, shout out to our American listeners, too. This is the first yeah. time, like, the UK and American listeners have been, like, neck and neck in terms of percentage mm-hmm. of listeners, which has been very nice. So, hey. <laughs> if you're in San Francisco, let me know, because there's some places that, you know, Alex and I want to go visit. I'm bringing Alex with me. 
Alex, oh, you'll tell be, me when, Alex, you'll you be let me know when you go. I will on, join you. On the train. Do you guys, you know do you guys think I don't have a passport? What, like, I have one. <laughs> so but you're booked and busy, Toby. <laughs> I was driving um, the other day and I was like, I want to go to San Francisco. And then obviously, yeah. and then, then I watched this episode and I was like, I want to go to San Francisco. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, we'll arrive in San Francisco and Toby will already be there. <laughs> She'll be like, I've been there for three weeks. Where have you guys been? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm Eden McKenzie from Down at the Stands. Um, just going to say quickly, guys, make sure if you're not already following the podcast, so D-A-T-S-P-O-D, please do. We've got some things coming up that we want to just make sure that if you're a listener, you're aware of. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Catch you next week for Randall's Peace. episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo. Bye. Bye.